0: Hey guys, what's up? I'm Yarel Ramos. And I'm Jessica Molina. We all have those wait-hold-up moments in life. Those times where our perspective shifts and our hustle changes as a result.
1: Each week, tune in as we chat with a new guest who's on their grind and learn the pivotal moments that shape their journey.
0: And when we're not chatting with a guest, Jess and I will dig into the latest wait-hold-up moments happening in politics and pop culture. You're listening to Wait-Hold-Up.
1: Everybody. Hey guys. Welcome back to the show. Yarel, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing well. Can't complain. How are you? I'm good. I just feel like, you know, we've been in a groove lately and we I'm have. loving it. Yeah. There's been so much like planning and plotting for the future and we're ready to take over and you guys are along for the ride. So that feels really
0: good. And the energy from all of you guys listening and all the comments you guys give us and all the love, like you don't understand. We read these comments. I want to cry sometimes, shed some tears. We love you guys. Thank you so much for, for El Cariño, for all those wonderful posts. And today you guys are gonna be also inspired I feel like I'm super excited about it because I I need to have this conversation in just my life yeah for sure I
1: mean I feel like sometimes I get I don't know if I I get more from these conversations than everyone else listening but whatever hopefully it's a win-win all around (laughs) so who we have today
0: today we're gonna have Steve Patino he is also known as sneaker Steve on social media he's kind of like a big deal on social media he's a fashion and sneaker industry veteran with over 22 years of experience he grew up in New York City hey and at the Mm -hmm. age of 16 he launched his first apparel company named uh Gauzy. he's worked with brands like new era dc shoes android home and with artists like check this out jay Balvin, usher miguel and justin bieber just to, just to name a few oh no big deal yeah no big deal he has his uh talk show which is also a podcast uh kicking it with sneaker steve and he is launching uh a new luxury footwear brand in july of this year steve thank you so much for coming on the podcast we know you're a busy a busy businessman here in L.A., but thank you so much for uh, the space and the time. Of
2: course, Yadiela. I'm excited to be here on the show. It's a it's an honor.
1: So what I really love, other than the fact that, you know, you're up in New York and you have another... <laughs> I like, love New York.
2: You guys know me. I, I love know, New New but it's
1: like, I'm always like the odd man out over here. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, finally, we were just schooling Yadiel on some like East Coast like radio right. and lifestyle. Right. So you grew up in Queens. Correct. And... You have been a sneaker lover since a very young age. And a little bit about him, y'all, is that he started working at a sneaker store when he was 16 years old and didn't ask for them to pay him. He was working for free. He just said, hook me up with a new pair of dope sneakers every single week. That's love. That, That's that is. Love. That is super love. Now, what I want to know is when you started, did you anticipate that you would be setting the foundation for the career that you've had over these years?
2: No way. No, it was just total. I was a kid. I was immersed in fashion. I loved fashion. I was growing up going to all the clubs. So it was basically just about, uh, you know, what we what I would call it. You know, I've said this in terms of. In New York City, uh, you know, and I ask my wife now about like, how was fashion growing up here in the West Coast? I I ask people a lot in New York City during the 80s and 90s in the epicenter uh, and the birth of hip hop, literally you went to war. It was like you got up and you are trying to kill everybody in terms of fashion. Mm. So it was like I woke up and I'm like, how am I going to body everybody at school? Yeah. What am I going to wear? What am I going to put on? And it was that kind of fervor that I woke up with. So getting sneakers for free was a big deal. you know. And if you had a hot pair of new sneakers, Nikes, every single Monday at Homeroom, you were the man.
1: Right. But wasn't that wasn't that dangerous? Because we're also speaking about a time. And I mean, I know that this still happens in school where kids would get jumped for being having like fly sneakers. And so it became this like space where you don't actually want to be caught walking in certain areas with your shoes. You don't want people to know that you always have this new pair because now you're a target.
2: Yeah, definitely. So for me, growing up was a very scary time, you know, and uh, I, I kind of uh, found out like somebody said jokingly they were like you were kind of like the hip hop ways. So like where ways tells you where to go. It was literally like I knew what streets I can walk on, I knew what streets I could not walk mm-hmm. on and I stuck to those streets. And sometimes I had to run and sometimes I had to walk very fast mm-hmm. and sometimes I just had to not take that street.
0: Right, but you were always looking fly.
2: But I was looking fly. Well, yeah, so yeah. Did,
1: did you always lace <laughs> up your sneakers? Because you know how it was also like you had to have like your laces out? Yeah. But if you knew you had to run home, maybe it's like Maybe yeah. like <laughs> yeah. take them off, put them in my bag. Yeah, no I've, done,
2: I, no, I've done it where basically, so for me, I, I played basketball. So luckily, I had sports to protect me. And that that was something that, that really helped me in a, in a big way. Because, you know, if you're kind of, if, if you're growing up in the hood and you're kinda known as the the young guy who balls or plays basketball. They're kinda like, yeah, maybe you get picked on, but not as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They'll be like, ah, that's Stevie plays ball. Let him you know. Right. But I so I would that was kinda like my my angle yeah for survival.
0: So this first job, I mean, when you're sixteen and you're asking them, they obviously didn't pay you. They they paid you with sneakers.
2: No, that, that was, was my first negotiation with that them. Was okay. I, I was like I was walking, uh, what happened is that the store, which I ended up at the, at, at, after 13 years becoming a, a small partner in the business, was that I was walking home and I would buy so much product from them because at that time they had a lot of brands that you couldn't find in Queens. You would have to go to Manhattan to, to the city to buy them. So long story short, the, the, the manager had my phone number and one day the customer bailed on him. And when, the cust- when his, sorry, not his customer, his employee bailed on him, he called me, which is one of his best customers. So I bailed him out for the day, and I was like, "Don't worry, just don't pay me. You know, take that sign out the window, and I'll just work for free. Just give me a pair of new shoes." And then I, I started to do them every Saturday and Sunday, and then that just became, you know, I just started to get really good at it. So like literally, I would just go there every day after school, uh, and then I became the buyer for the for for the store.
1: Who wow. are your style influences? Because I think that. Um, it's clear that you wanted something that the general market wasn't after because you had to find a specialty store. So growing up, where did that sort of like funky, fresh style influence come from?
2: Really, the uh, for me, my style influences was Nas, uh, Jay-Z, uh, everything that I was seeing in, in rap videos and growing up in New York. So not only would you, you see them in the videos, but you actually would go to the clubs, go to Manhattan, and literally you can see Jay-Z or Puffy. Um, you know, or Biggie, and, and you it was real because they were around you. So mm-hmm. uh, it was something that, and when I say around you, meaning like I'm not hanging out with Jay-Z and Biggie uh, or Puffy, but I would be at the club, you know, kind of like the younger club, and I know that around the block, that's where they were. Okay. And then there were even times where, you know, this is a time where you would see Jay-Z roll up in a gold Lexus or, or Cameron come out. Uh, out of a Range Rover with fur suits on and little Kim, like okay. all the stuff you saw in the videos, that was real. So there was a club on 19th Street and there was a club on 20th Street called The Tunnel where the legendary Funk Flex used to spin at and I would basically go outside of that club. I knew I couldn't get in and I knew that I had no business there but I would just stay there and just people watch Wow. and just watch all these kingpins get out their cars with these crazy outfits and it would just be like, so inspired and mesmerized and then i would go to my club and you know like, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. you
0: would go home and put together your outfits <laughs> then yeah you'd be the yeah of of your spot of your yeah, spot. yeah. <laughs> and going back to like the, what jess was referencing um steve and like this journey that you've had in the footwear space and in the fashion space and like the footprint that you're leaving as a kid, as a young Colombian American kid in Queens, did you think of like in the future, this is what I want? I want to own a company. I want to change this landscape. Did you feel that there was a space for a kid like yourself in the fashion industry?
2: Definitely. Because at, at that age, at, at 16, I already had my own clothing line. So I, I started my first company t shirt, becoming a partner of a company when I was 14. Wow. And because I was re- playing
0: with dolls at four. I mean, I yeah. was reading oh. books. Yeah, because. <laughs>
2: When, when I, I was born in a unique time, so by the time that I was 10, it was already the middle 80s. And by the time I was it 1990 hit, I was already going into high school. So for me, the 80s and the 90s, really, which was the, the, the birthplace of hip hop, it was also the beginnings between 90 and 94. 96 was the first time that hip hop businesses were becoming commercialized. Mm-hmm. So if you look at like a Carl Kanai or a FUBU, FUBU was from Queens as well. So I had touch points that I was seeing referencing in, in the hip hop industry where I'm like, wow, you can make a clothing line, you know, this for you by you, you know, it could be people of color having their own clothing line. So it's not Tommy Hilfiger or Ralph Lawrence, which I don't know and have no reference point with. These are people like me or Mark Echo coming out of New Jersey and selling his T-shirt. So there was a, also another clothing line that inspired me at a young age called PNB. And p were one of the first ones to have a multi-million dollar company. Um, the the founders of, of my company, Gauzy, were at Art and Design High School with them. They also went to Art and Design High School with Mob Deep. And they were already doing graffiti and they were doing trade shows in New York City and also in Japan. So at a very, very young age, those guys were maybe like, let's say, 18 to 20. I was the young one. But they knew that I had hustle. I was always been a salesman. So... I was the youngest one of the company and eventually I became, you know, one of the heads of the company. Wow. So to answer the question, I I could see it because it was right in front of me. And when I started the sneaker store, I already had the clothing line.
1: Wow. So what I think is really interesting is that you've, obviously you've started a clothing company you've been a partner in a company a sneaker store you've been the buyer for that you've helped broker deals between brands that no one had even ever thought about you know when you think about dc and new era you really created the job of your dreams is what it looks like
2: definitely you know for me the 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 new era deal which is the cap company like the yankee hat mm-hmm. that you see that's a company that was started in in the 1920s and that company, after 60, 70 years, never did a collaboration outside of traditional sports. So the deal that I created, which took me two years to do, was merging and putting together DC Shoes uh, from the action sports industry with New Era Cap Company. And that deal changed my life because it solidified me that I can create deals with major companies. And I was 23 years old. I didn't know that... I was doing my friend a favor, who was the uh, at the time working at DC Shoes, who then later owned Crooks and Castles, the clothing line. I didn't know that I was putting together a deal that eventually turned into sixty million dollar plus uh, SBU in less than three to four in, in like three to four years.
1: That's amazing!
2: That's crazy. Amazing. What do you
1: feel like has been the biggest challenge in creating the job of your dreams? Because I think that right now it's super easy for all of us to be like. Wow, you've hung out with these people, and you get to rock this clothes, and you get to be here for Fashion Week and this that. And there's so much glamour that's associated with it. But what has been the hardest part about creating this job of yours?
2: I believe that it, it the creation of the job wasn't difficult for me. What I believe the challenge for me as a young Latino um, was that I didn't know what to do with the money once I got the money. Mm. So it's a good
0: know, learning lesson. Yeah, sure.
2: you know. So when I was 20, out of out of NYU when I was 25, 26, I signed my first million dollar deal, you know, where where you're getting a check for a million dollar budget. What do you do with that? You know, um, when I got my, my big salary as the global director of DC shoes, I should have put it in real estate. I should have invested, you know, I should have done a lot of things that I didn't know, um, how to, how to, how to treat my taxes when you're making that much money. Oof, you know, I that was is
1: so real oh, right, right now. Yeah,
2: I was, you know, I was 27, 28 years old. I was making more money than vice presidents at the company wow. as a young Latino. But I was a director. But because of I was always been a triple threat. So I always had positions created for me. So the making the dream job never was difficult for me. It was it was just like. I didn't have an uncle to talk to. Like those
0: tools that you have or those people that you have to. I
2: didn't know what a money manager was. I didn't know. I didn't have a friend that owns a tech company. I didn't have like
0: a business analyst. Anything.
2: Area. I. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. You I know. Like I grew up. I grew uncle, up in the hood. Right. Even, even an uncle, uncle wouldn't
1: even yeah. understand though.
2: Oh, my mom. My dad. My mom has a fifth grade education. Yeah. My dad had passed away when I was young, early. But even with my family, I didn't have. And the dudes in the hood, I couldn't really talk to them about that kind of stuff because they never experienced it. Or what do you do with a 401k plan? What do you do with stock options? How do you treat those? All these, you know, 26 years old, I was dealing with big opportunities, but I didn't know how to treat them at 26.
0: Right. And you mentioned something right now that we always like to talk about in terms of collaborating with other or having or feeling like you have the back of other other people like yourself like of, like other Latinos in the industry how has it been for you have you had like a weight hold up moment within the in within the industry the fashion industry with other Latinos is it is it like um is it a is it a safe space where everybody helps each other out or is it the contrary
2: yeah I, I would say with Latinos we're, we you know Latinos are very friendly like you know we're very loving so Latinos are all about each other, you know, to support each other. Um, and going back to that other point is I wish I had somebody to structure the new era deal for me. Mm. Because, yes, it opened up amazing doors for me. But what about if I had a percentage or a few points on yes. now in perpetuity uh, hundreds of millions of dollars? Yeah. I would have been a completely different place in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was 22, 23. I didn't, I didn't know, you know, so mm-hmm. that those so are the big things. So when
1: did you learn? Like, how did you figure it out? Because I mean, I'm I sure this is, I didn't, I mean, you're, you're, you're now at this point in your career, sure. I'm sure now you figured out like, okay, you've got a family, there are different things, but like, that is something I think that even people that are listening right now yeah. who are the first in their family to go to college, the first in their family yeah. to, to have, they, they make more money than their parents, you know, yeah. it's like you, we don't even, sometimes you can't even go to your family, you don't have those resources near you, so did you? Was it Google that helped you? Was it finally? Well, I didn't have it. People? A
2: lot of a lot of my upbringing was prior to the internet.
1: No, I'm saying right now. Like, how did you eventually figure out like what to do with your money and the resources and how to negotiate for yourself and get options and 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 negotiations and things like that? I,
2: I believe that the the more that I moved up, and then also yeah, as experience. I became older with the experience, and then my network, yeah. um, and then you know just being more mature also helped me as well so then you learn from that right um in, in those in, in as i grew
0: in also in this space when we were speaking about like um you know the fashion space and like the sneaker space that is right now like just booming, booming. i mean it's always been hot you know but right now i feel like i don't the know what, hot is, it's hot right like <laughs> super hot mm-hmm. um how,
2: everyone's a sneakerhead. Right. Even if they're not, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm a sneakerhead, you know. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. They're like, sure, sure quit right, it, bro. Quit yeah. right, <laughs> it. Right. Um, what, what? 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 has been the role for women, or what lot. have you have seen like women being involved in, well, in the sneaker uh, industry? What I fashion? what I
2: see right now, which is really cool, in the women's industry, which um, the where I'm hosted on my show on the Sneaker Inc. media platform, they have a show that's specifically all towards women called Blaze. Um, that ju- they just signed a deal uh, for for that show. So it just shows you that now there's a women-specific sneaker show that's already getting picked up by a network. Yeah. And what what I'm seeing that now is that the education of sneakers is becoming a lot uh, wider. So And then the selection of sneakers that are being focused on specifically for women, where it actually fits women's feet, uh, the soles, the thickness, the height, the proportions. It's not just what they there's a term in the, in the sneaker industry for that men use which you guys will appreciate uh they they say that don't shrink and pink oh so, my gosh thank uh, you thank you that
1: has always been my biggest pet peeve is that you go by lady foot locker and everything's pink and pastel and purple and like
2: and just small and, and, and your small yeah. and, and like it's that. just
1: literally like an easter bunny exploded Correct. in the freaking store <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so that that's that was what guys, a lot of men, designers, and companies used to do because the women's sneaker market wasn't um, as pronounced, right? So they would shrink in pink. And now there's actually incredible PLMs, which are product line managers, designers, uh, people that are innovation, technology that's going into the women's market. Uh, I also believe that because sneaker culture is just becoming cooler and it's becoming a it thing, uh, especially with social media, it's kind of like you got to have them, too. So, mm-hmm. like, you'll you'll see with the Yeezys, that was a big deal. Uh, Jordans, of course, you know, forever have been that thing. But I believe that with the Yeezys, for the first time, you would see, like, you know, with Kim Kardashian posting a shoe or, or Kylie or Kendall, they'll have a shoe or, or Bella Hadid, you know, somebody will post something um, or Haley, and all of a sudden, like, they're also like, shit, I kind of have yeah. to have mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. too. They those look cute. Blar. Yeah, they look cute. I need them. Yeah. Versus before, women would be like, well, I, I want to use them for, you know, so the, this was the question, right? So it's like, and I, and I talk about this all the time with my wife. And I'm like, babe, if you had 200 or $400, what would you do? Heel, heel, heel. I'm going to buy a heel. Like, I'm going to buy a shoe. I'm not going to buy a sneaker for four or $600. Mm-hmm. And then little by little, I was She started to see cooler shoes and nicer shoes. She was like, well, I'll still buy the heel, but eh, maybe I will mix in. Maybe it won't be six heels, you know, and then a seventh, eighth, ninth heel. Maybe I'll mix in a few sneakers or something cool um so that's that's uh, that's the big difference now that i'm seeing there's just a lot more options for women so they're taking the women's market very serious the and sneaker companies I, Yeah, and
1: i feel like what's been really cool is that women have also expanded their idea of like how they can rock sneakers yeah and so i feel like for so long like i've always liked totally, high tops yeah, yeah but a lot of women don't like high top because it's chunkier or it's a little bit you know and so now women are like oh i could rock a high top i could rock a thick sneaker like Chunky sneakers are so like in right yeah. now. Yeah, and so much. it's like, I can rock it with my skirt. I can rock it with my pants. I can do all of this. And so it's a little bit where that fashion has evolved is that it's like the style and this like slender, sleek approach is not necessarily what's king at the moment. So that's like, that's really cool because we're seeing it from high fashion to like streetwear.
0: Yeah. And I everywhere do, in between. I love that you mentioned social media right now and like a lot of artists and what it takes. I mean, I feel like the Yeezys, right, just changed everything for Adidas. Oh, like, yeah. Completely. Totally. I mean, just not that they not that they weren't in the conversation of sneakers, but they weren't as hot no. as no. the moment the Yeezys came out. How has social media, um, how has having these connections with these big artists helped the sneaker industry and the fashion industry just in and of itself?
2: Ma- ma- massive. Ma- massive because if you look at, you know, some of the hottest sneakers out there, they're really, you know, it's all about what are the artists wearing. So a lot of our culture is followed by the artists, so the music. And style and style icons is still a lot of the music guys. So if the music guys are wearing something, then the kids will follow. And social media gives that platform to people, and it's a lot of power. You know, where if if somebody, you know, years ago, you wouldn't be able to see all these style trends, but now the kids, you can't really lie to them. Mm -hmm. They know what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can try to advertise to them, market to them, but they'll just be like, that's corny, whatever. Right. I know what's up. I know what's cool. Yeah. And that's what social media is empowering, really, creativity in that sense.
1: Yeah, for or, sure. Or
2: the, or the truth, you know, reality, what, what's really hot.
1: And that accessibility factor, right? Because, it's like, you wouldn't see anything until it, like, showed up in a magazine that was, like, a month or two months later yeah. that someone yeah. wore it. and It's so like, instant now. Yeah, now we kind of, like, get that. So what's what I want to also explore in this topic is – that there are so many more people who are rocking styles that have a history in hip-hop right and so now you're seeing that there's so many different individuals from different backgrounds who may have no clue of the history might not have any idea of like wow that was a monumental moment for you to get that collaboration between this hip-hop artist and this brand How do you feel seeing that there's so many more people who are open to these styles who kind of don't know the history of sneakers or the culture behind the influence?
2: Yeah, I I look at that as an opportunity. I look at it as an opportunity for brands, for people, for artists to communicate. Um, Right now, I'm in communication with Run DMC uh, for something that they're doing very special. And I was talking to them about that. I think it's a great opportunity if you look at puffy jackets or if you look at track pants and if you look at adidas sneakers and all these things and you know run dmc is the first uh hip-hop band to get uh, an endorsement deal with a major sneaker company Mm -hmm. they're the first ever so you know when you see a kanye deal or a pharrell deal or a drake deal that was all coming through really that run Mm dmc being the first in history so i believe that there's an opportunity to educate the youth that might not know you know i think the the biggest pet peeve I have of of that specific question is like when somebody doesn't even know who Michael Jordan is, mm. but you're rocking Jordans, right? And that to me is like almost like you don't get a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like if you don't even know who Michael Jordan is, like that's sad. You should not be wearing Jordans. <laughs> you you know be what I mean? Bro. Yeah, you should be, I'm yeah. To like the I don't one. care how young you are. Right. Like at the end no. of the day, like there's a. Uh, I've seen that on a talk show where like they'll go to Hollywood Boulevard and they'll ask people like, so those sneakers you're wearing, do you know who owns them? You know, uh, And, and, and I, I mean, you, you would almost think because we're so immersed in the culture that yeah. there's no way someone doesn't know who Michael Jordan is. And yeah. they're like, uh, and, and some of the kids, what we found out is that they don't care. But they're well, like, I, I, they're like, sneakers. yeah, they're like, I don't care. They're cool. Like, I know wow. they're cool, but I don't know. I
0: don't, yeah, I don't know who Michael, Michael, what? Yeah, what? it's oh, like Stan so Smith,
2: you know, Stan Smith yeah. was a tennis player. So, like, uh, you know, that's, that's something that I get it. Like, you might not know Stan Smith, you should know Stan Smith because one of the best selling sneakers in the world that everyone wears, but Michael Jordan? Yeah,
1: that's yeah. interesting. Like, you
2: need to know Michael Jordan to right. wear on Jordans. Right.
1: Because didn't we sort of grow up in a time where the name brands were king? So, like, that's why you cop something, sometimes more than the style. Like, it was more like, oh, my God, but people are rocking yeah. that. So, it's, like, odd to me that someone wouldn't know that they're rocking a really awesome brand. Right. I don't know. It's just, it's like, weird. there's, like, a disconnect. Like because yeah, yeah. What's it, going when on? we were growing up, it was, like, the name brand is everything.
2: Mm-hmm. I think because right now, with, with also with social media, is the kids are copying. Yeah. So, they're, like... Okay, that look is cool. I don't know what it, is.
0: Know what it is. What brand? I, I just want it
2: because it. I want to look cool, but might not know the history or the background.
0: Yeah, what, what Jess was mentioning too about like the influence and where it comes from and who these people are and what they've struggled to. Um, something that's really cool that you've been out here in LA for 10 years now uh, and you're married and you have a, a little boy. Uh, congratulations, by the way. But Thank you're you. also about to launch something pretty massive this, massive this year so can you let Su- us know what's going on I know. yeah <laughs> yeah this
2: is uh this is the biggest dream come true in my life uh i just turned 40 years old uh last october and i put a, a kind of like a line in the sand and i said to myself you know when i turned 40 i really thought about legacy and what am i leaving on this world and i saw that there was an opportunity for me to take responsibility for being a designer and someone in the industry and I said to myself I was like all right if I die today I've sold and been a part of selling millions of dollars of sneakers what what do I do or like what do I have you know and now what I pass on to my son mm-hmm. really you know and I'm like yeah you're sneaker Steve yeah you're Steve you know forget even sneaker Steve I'm Steve right I'm just a nice guy I'm caring my people love me you know people always know me as a good person i believe that i'm a good person you know you are thank you <laughs> and but what am i leaving you know and you know yet you, know, you know that there's people that have been close to me who have passed away mm-hmm. and that really just shook me up and i'm like wow this is real life is real you know we've been around really big conversations around the biggest stars in the world that i've been a part of and i'm just like well what am i leaving And so I decided at 40, I was like, you know what, I have the power to change. So the new business model uh, that I'm working on is that for every single pair of sneakers that I sell, I'm donating a percentage of sales to the inner city arts programs of Los Angeles, which have state of the art facilities uh, in downtown. They have helped over 200,000 kids. Everyone from Harvard to MIT to MoMA to the Broad to DreamWorks to Tim Burton have all donated and helped. They have an incredible, huge campus downtown, and I'm an, you know, it's really an honor for me to be involved with them. So every single pair is sold, a percentage will go to them, to the kids uh, that are underprivileged kids to help spark creativity in them. So for me, it's a dream come true, and that they enabled me to be able to do this and, and, and take a small part in that. And then at the same time, I'm also feel very responsible for the product and the quality that's actually included into the shoes. And what I mean by that is that I see right now that a lot of kids are wearing what, what I'm calling is fast food shoes. Mm. So they're basically having McDonald's on their feet. And what I mean by that is that those shoes that a lot of the people are wearing right now cost 8 to $20 to make FOB in the factories. I've lived in China for for many years, and traveling, you know, manufacturing shoes. So I know the cost of shoes, and I know what these kids are paying for the shoes. So the kids are lining up, and they're waiting hours. They're they're buying shoes that cost two hundred dollars, that are then getting resold for six hundred to a thousand dollars, and they're buying an eight dollar quality shoe to twenty dollar shoe. So I'm saying, the the disparity between. 8 to $20 to, let's say, 600 to to 1000 the value proposition is just not there. And mm-hmm. the kids don't know because they're following the hype. Right. So I'm taking it more from a responsibility standpoint where I'm saying, well, designers, and I'm talking to all designers out there right now, and I'm saying you have the responsibility to give quality product to your customer. You should care about your customers. So the new business model in the sneakers is that with this new Uh, direct-to-consumer model, and being able to sell primarily online, I'm able to invest into actual quality. So instead of making sneakers that are just hyped or cool, I'd rather give you a leather insole, fully leather-lined shoes so that they're comfortable, premium materials on the uppers, handmade in Europe, imported, you know, using outsoles from Italy, um, and giving you a luxury experience at a lesser price. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that. And what I'm super excited, I just actually got confirmation today, is that I am now, uh, the new brand will be official partnered with Swarovski Crystals from Austria. So we are uh, an official corporate partner of them. And each one of the shoes will have a special Swarovski Crystal element that I can't say what it is, but it will. And that's amazing because... That's massive. That's
0: crazy.
2: Super massive. and, And it looks beautiful. I can't wait to show you guys. Yay. And then at the, simultaneously, we're also launching exclusive with Margum in Italy. And Margum is the outsole supplier for the sneakers that produces for Chanel, for Off-White, uh, for the best common projects, for the best shoe companies in the world. So I'm launching with two exclusive partnerships for the launch this July, this
0: summer. That's amazing. That's so That's exciting. So That's so exciting. I'm sure. I and mean, I'm sure that you, it feels like it, right? Like you said, like the. This I mean, he got closer to the
1: microphone when he was yeah. like,
2: yeah. like, actually,
0: yeah, like let this let is what's uh. going on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's literally a, a dream come true. And my, my partners, who are the founders of one of the biggest uh, subscription based men's footwear, actually fashion brand in the world, are my investors and my business partners in it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That's which so is
2: cool. a, the, the 5-4 group here in Los Angeles.
0: That is so crazy. That is insane. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, and and 40 is young. Yeah. Like, you know,
1: like 40 is young to be at this space where it's like, I got to think about my legacy. And I think it's so beautiful because it definitely is like you came from humble beginnings. And for you to be able to really be at this place where you're like not surviving, you're thriving. And now you have this family that is like on the come up with you. That's such a amazing full circle moment and yeah, i feel well, like i was about
0: to say that it's like such
1: a full circle yeah it, it's 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 stuff that like our parents can only dream about for us yeah. what's your mom's response to everything yeah what does she say
2: she's like uh, i'm packing my bags I'm going to LA. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, Steve, thank you so much. any I don't know, uh, Jess, if you had any. I'm.
1: I mean, I'm just like. I'm so inspired now. I'm like, what's
0: my legacy?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That's great. It's like there. I feel like there are real two. I mean, there's so many awesome things, but two things that I'm really like left thinking about after this conversation is like, yes, when you get that success that you work so hard for, what are you gonna do with it? Which is, I think, like where you were at at a point in your life. Like, I've got all of these things, and of course, I'm sure you probably spent some money on some dumb stuff because we all do. We all do Uh, a lot of
2: dumb stuff. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so it's a moment for us all to sort of stop. It doesn't matter if you're making, you know, six, seven figures or just like five. Like for you to really think about where are you investing that money, like how are you taking care of yourself, and decide, yeah, like legacy. I feel like we can start to think about that at any point in our life to lay that foundation so that. When it comes time and the opportunity, because you've definitely like paid your dues and you've made a lot of people rich, and so it's not even and it's not. I know it's not about like the money element, but it is about like I. I don't know. For me, especially when it comes to people of color, like I'm like, yo, get yours now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Get your chips. Like like, I had a friend always tell me like, get your chips at as soon as you can, so that you can build from that. So I love that you shared that with us as well, because I know a lot. Of our listeners have amazing ideas, have their own businesses, have you know their blogs, have all these things that they want to do, and sometimes feel limited because of their circumstances, because of their because they don't know, um, and going in like with a like blindfold, right? Like oh I don't know what's going on in this space. So that was yeah that was that was amazing that you shared that too, and and I and I loved the fact of like the uh, like being authentic with your true self will always help you along the road you know yeah. like you always knew this is what you love this is what you enjoyed this is who you were as a, this young kid in queens and it's like that's still a part of you
2: so oh, to- totally and that you're nice yes. right? really nice
0: like be nice like that i think just comes along yeah it, you never it know right you doors. never know how what what who you're gonna work with what's gonna happen in your career
2: <laughs> you know in our industry yeah it, it, it's it, you really uh, i believe it's more important to be true to yourself and I looked at it like uh, when when I look at people to mentor or someone to mirror, I thought of, you know, like, who do you want to be? Because there's there's a lot of different personalities that are all successful. So for me, it's like I want to be like a Pharrell or a Swiss Beats who's multimillionaire, multifaceted, great person, incredible life, but very creative and humble. Uh, with positive energy, or you can be another like a tycoon that everyone hates mm-hmm. and no one loves. You know, right. but they're both rich, they're both successful, and yeah. many, but I'd rather be this one. Yeah. yeah. And then to your point, you know, I look at forty as very young because I look at it like, okay, I want to live to eighty or plus. Mm-hmm. I have another forty years. Yeah. I'm only halfway there. Yeah. Right. I'm fifty percent there in my started. career. <laughs> yeah. So I think
0: Mark Anthony said it once. It's like, gente I'm just getting started, and I was like, yes, yeah. yes, we are.
2: And as artists and musicians, it's true because you can you can sing to whenever you can sing right. as you know, if you Creatives, look at we... Manolo Blahnik, Christian Louboutin, they're all older guys that have been designing products. So you become more of a craftsman uh, in, in terms of that. And I, I think for me, the biggest thing I can share to the listeners when they're looking at what their destiny is, is for them to reverse architect and really create their dream life there's a book called The One Thing that's helped me do this. And what I did is I really looked at what are the easiest things? What are the what's the one thing that I can do to make my life more simple and easy? Mm -hmm. And I did that. And I really created uh, opportunities for me where I said, I'm only going to focus on sneakers. I'm going to focus on tech companies because that's where the future is going. And I want to focus on a philanthropic business model with purpose. And that's what I created. So the the sneaker shows which I have and then the the third business that I own, uh, which we just closed a multi million dollar round of Series A funding, is a e-commerce company called Set. and uh, I'm honored to be a part of that and uh, the company is, is booming. You know our, our stock just went up tenfold and That's like amazing. it's super exciting and it happened in less than six months, and I knew wow. that by me being a part of where I saw the future going and having the right team, 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 because yeah. it's all about team, 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 that I knew that if I align myself where I see the opportunity, I, I knew that there was going to be something big there.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And it, awesome. And, and, and
2: it, and it did, and it happened. So.
1: I love it because I feel like you are, we, we see a lot of, let's be honest, white men who are telling these stories and who we talk about like, oh, I just got this funding and I got this stuff open. And I'm like ready for you to start your mentorship program and to help other Latinos and other people of color just to like learn how do you get investors? How do you build this? Obviously, you have to do the work to get to that place where people are even going to start investing in your dream because if you don't put in the work in yours, no one's going to start putting their money behind you. But I see see more. I see more.
2: And we just, uh, the mentorship program, we're starting through the inner city arts programs. Oh, there is uh, one. Yeah, which they call like a, like an externship. So they basically, it's, it's brilliant. They pay the students and then they just ask you to hold them as an intern. But oh, they wow. pay their salary. So they, they have that opportunity. Right. Um, and then lastly, my show, Kicking It with Sneaker Steve, just got picked up by Fuel TV. So we'll be in multiple countries. That's dope. Now, you. Yeah. So super excited, super focused focused on sneakers and, and and positivity and you know helping the world
0: right I isn't it. like his energy like it's amazing great. you're just I like know. you're just cheering for him and like yeah we will be there in july At the opening and launch or whatever it is that you're
1: doing. Yeah, a thousand thousand percent. So where can we, I know that people can watch the first season of Sneaker, of Kicking It With Sneaker Steve, on YouTube right now. Yeah,
2: so it's on Sneaker Inc. It's on iTunes uh, as well. So you can, you know, search it on your podcast on iTunes and then also the Sneaker Inc. YouTube channel
1: okay and your social is at sneaker steve sneaker steve awesome well thank you so much of course we're so excited for thank everything you for having to come. me yeah, thank yeah. you so much and good luck with everything Woo! Yeah. We, it. <laughs> it we just want to send a big thank you to steve patino aka sneaker steve for coming through dropping his wisdom and just letting us know the lessons he's learned along the way in his entrepreneurial career and we hope that you all were just as inspired as we were. Of course, you can connect with him at Sneaker Steve on his social platforms. If you want to connect with us, we are at Wait Holds Up Pod across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we love it when you all send us some emails. So please do. We are Weight Holds Up Podcast at gmail.com. And if you've got some time in your day and want to leave us a review and rate us on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. It just helps other people find us and it gives us a sense of what you're vibing with on the show. As always, we love y'all so, so much and we will catch you next week. Bye.